0: Amazingly then, we're coming to the end of our series in the book of Philippians, The Conundrum of Joy. And so next Sunday we'll start our Advent journey. It's unpredictable and uncertain times, isn't it? And that's perhaps just like the first Christmas, where things were so unpredictable and uncertain, and yet God came right in the midst of that situation in that time, and so he comes afresh. To us. So, all of that from next week onwards as we begin our Advent journey. But now, today, just to bring our time in the book of Philippians to a conclusion, and a fitting conclusion it is. But before we get into that, just a reminder of a bit of the journey, especially that we were on at the beginning that joy is not dependent on our circumstances, it's not something that's contained within what goes on, uh, or constrained by what goes on around us. But the gift of joy is something that we unwrap according to our inner attitude. It's what's going on on the inside, not the outside, that unwraps the gift of joy in our lives. And as we saw in this letter that Paul wrote to this church during their own lockdown, Paul writes this letter of thanksgiving because thanksgiving is the key to having the right internal attitude that unwraps the gift of joy. As we said in this series, thanksgiving is the key to receiving the gift into our lives. And so I bring that up now at the end of our series because this week, of course, is thanksgiving. And I'm sure many of you, like us, have used Thanksgiving as a moment to gather with friends and family. We've had wonderful times over the years with our family, with our Burlington community, with wider friends, pausing in different ways to say thank you for the past year. Now, I appreciate that there are two challenges at this particular Thanksgiving. Number one, we can't meet and share with people in the ordinary way that we would. But number two, perhaps it feels that this year, more than other years, there's not the same level of things to say thank you for. This year has been anything but the kind of year that we wanted it to be. Uh, And we understand the sentiments that it would be better to forget about it as quickly as we can and move on and hope for better things in 2021. But I want to encourage you to stop and to join us to say thank you. You see, thankfulness unlocks the gift of joy in our lives. And joy is our strength. May the joy of the Lord be your strength. Uh, And wouldn't you agree that there is no time like this time where we need God's strength? So I want to encourage you as we have during this series, to foster this week particularly the uh, posture of thanksgiving. Even in a tragedy, even in difficult circumstances, even when things are nothing like the way that we would like them to be, there are still things to be thankful for. And as we lean into that thankfulness, so we unlock the gift of joy in our lives. So to help us, because the second problem is that we don't have uh, people, friends and family to share it with in the usual way because we're separated from them. So to help with this, Kerry and I want to offer you an invitation to join with us on Thursday evening at seven o'clock, just for a short time on Zoom, to share our thankfulness to God for the past year. To share, as it were, as if we were sitting round the table, ready to eat a meal together. Now, unfortunately, there'll be no meal and uh, no table that we're sitting around, but we'll have to do this remotely. But if there aren't obvious people that you can share thankfulness with this year, then join us. Even if there are obvious people that you will be sharing thankfulness with this year, join us anyway so that we can seize the moment and be thankful together and to end this series unlocking the joy that is ours, that the joy of the Lord might be our strength. So those verses then that we heard read to us to close out this series on Philippians, this conundrum of joy, and we see Paul encouraging us in these verses that there is joy in our destiny. Joy in our destiny. Joy in our destiny on earth and also joy on our destiny on into eternity. Joy in our destiny on earth, then, first of all. Paul says there is joy in being an example. Being a model for others to follow. There is joy in following examples of those who live like Jesus. And there is joy in being an example to those who want to follow and be like Jesus. Paul's reminding us that we all need a model. And therefore, if we all need a model, then we all need to be a model to others. Kerry would often say to me that I'm a model husband, but with a bit of a glint in her eye. And then I, I looked up the word model in the dictionary. It says a small replica of the real thing, a model. Now, we might feel like we're a small replica of the real thing, Jesus. But being a model is so important because that's what discipleship is. People can't become like Jesus just by hearing what to do. They need to be shown what to do. Now, however inferior or however feeble or frail you might be as a model, you are still a very important model because that's how discipleship works. People learn not just through us telling them what to do. In fact, they learn very little that way. People learn by being able to be shown, to be apprenticed in the life of Jesus. And so we need people, don't we, as we say so often, close enough that we might be an example to them and we need to be close enough to others that they might be an example to us. And honestly, there is few joys, there are few joys in life than the joy of discipleship. When you get close enough to someone else and you see them living the Jesus life in a way that you can only just long to, when you see them doing things and you think to yourself, I could never do that. But then as you come under their influence, as you live under their shadow, as you follow their example, the day comes when you too can do the thing that they are doing. You can pray like them or witness like them them, or have faith like them, or share the Bible like them, or, or, or open your home in hospitality like them, whatever it might be, something you thought you couldn't do, but because you followed their example, you can now do, honestly, that brings great joy to you as a follower of Jesus. But also the other way around when when someone who who comes under your shadow, who lives within uh, uh, your example, when they begin to grow in something that you have been trying to disciple them in, that brings you great joy as well, when your kids get up in the morning and they start reading the Bible for themselves. Or when a family that you've journeyed with starts opening up their home in the way that you've opened up your home to them, whatever it might be, there is great joy to see those that you have been a model to becoming more like Jesus. In the same way, it's a great joy for you as you become more like Jesus by following the model of others. There's that great picture, isn't there, of this in the Gospels, when Jesus sends out the disciples and they can't really believe it. They can't believe that they will be able to do what he has been doing. And they come rushing back to Jesus, so excited, so filled with joy. It's amazing. Even the even the, the demons obey us. It, it's worked. We can't believe it, Jesus, that we're doing the things that you were doing. We've been discipled by you and now we can do what you can do. And they were filled with joy. Uh, And I can't uh, begin to imagine the joy for Jesus in that moment too. He's handing everything on to these disciples. And he's seeing them make this massive step into becoming like him. There is so much joy in living as an example. So much joy in discipleship. And that's our destiny here on earth. Joy in our destiny here on earth as we become models of Jesus and so become disciples for him and for his kingdom. Great, isn't it? A life with purpose. But then the final bend, the final turn, the final act of this amazing play of the history that we are part of is that there is a destiny for us in eternity. Our citizenship, Paul says, is in heaven and we eagerly wait a saviour from there who will transform our lowly bodies into something wonderfully glorious. What a great way for us to end this series and to remind ourselves that there is joy every day for us to know and experience because honestly. This is not the end of the story. The brokenness, the fragility, the vulnerability, the sadness, the grief, the pain, the worry and anxiety that is part of the story of our lives right now is not the end of the story. There is something that is sure, that is certain. Our lives are safe in his strong grip, and we can be certain of all that is to come. We can be safe in his strong grip and certain of all that is to come. Our citizenship is in heaven. We already have the passport. We already have the stamp. We already have our names in the book of life. And we couldn't be safer right now. And things couldn't be more certain. We couldn't be safer right now and things couldn't be more certain. Allow the joy of those truths to touch your life and to fill your heart right now. It's true. Whatever's going on, all the uncertainty, all the unpredictability, God has broken in to this uncertain, unpredictable world, as he did on the first Christmas, God breaks into it even now, every day by his spirit. And because his spirit is in us, a guarantee of all that is to come, Paul reminds us, look, our citizenship, our true belonging is in heaven. And whilst we are waiting, we are waiting for something that's certain. So, hey, we couldn't be safer right now. And honestly, things couldn't be more certain. May that joy fill your life. Is it a conundrum? Yep, you bet. But you could be joy-filled in this season. Is that for real? Absolutely. That's God's gift to you in Jesus Christ.
1: The conundrum of joy right there. Let's pray together. If it helps you to close your eyes, please do. But let's engage together in prayer. Our dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can come before you in Jesus' name. We pray that you would fill us again with the Holy Spirit, that as we pray we might do so with sincerity, with passion and with faith. Father, we pray for the state of the world. We pray against this pandemic once more. Would ask, Lord, that you would resolve this situation to your goodness and glory. Father, we pray for our nation. We would ask, Lord, for the spirit of this nation, that somehow we would find ourselves as a nation returning to Christ, not purely your principles, but also to your presence, that there might be a passion, Lord, for a relationship with you, Lord, for intimacy with you, to honour you in our lives and our decision-making. I pray for the Christian church of this country, Lord, that it wouldn't just be filled with Christians, that it would be filled with disciples, with those who are passionate about following you and pursuing you every day and every moment and every aspect of our lives. My Father, I pray that your church would rise up in these days and would demonstrate and proclaim and manifest the gospel of Jesus Christ in its fullness, that we might know word and works and wonders, uh, that the world might see word works and wonders as the people of god follow you father i pray for your church in ipswich right down to our own little church of burlington father that these things would be so that you would revive us lord that you would stir us that you would stir uh, the community around us because of the influence of of the gospel of jesus christ lord bring about healing bring about salvation bring about deliverance Bring about transformation, we pray. Lord, these are big things that we ask. They're fundamental things, but we ask them in Jesus' name, knowing that our God is mighty, that our God is on our side. We believe, we pray according to the scriptures and the word of God, that your kingdom would come, your will would be done, on earth, in Ipswich, as in heaven. And we pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.